Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. The Prime Minister of Canada held his uh, daily press conference at about 11 a.m. this morning and was uh, quizzed a few times in and around uh, China and the fact that uh, China has now formally charged the two Michaels uh, with spying and such. And uh, initially, uh, the Prime Minister uh, said he was disappointed. We got stronger language, actually, from Christia Freeland than we did uh, from the Prime Minister, and then over the weekend sort of doubled down. Let's uh, let's start. This is what he said on Friday in regard to the charges against the two Michaels. Uh, we are, of course, uh, disappointed uh, with the decision uh, and the next step taken by the Chinese uh, in the case of the two Michaels, and we offer uh, all our support and sympathies to uh, the families of Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor, who uh, are obviously uh, living a, a difficult moment today, as they have been for well over a year with the arbitrary detention of two Canadian citizens. Uh, we uh, have continued to express our uh, disappointment uh, with the Chinese decision, with the Chinese uh, detention of these two Canadians. And today, uh, over the weekend, obviously uh, some were disappointed in his comments of merely being disappointed, considering that these people have been in jail for almost 600 days now. So uh, the Prime Minister decided to torque it up a notch. We obviously have a fully independent judicial system that will uh, continue along its way, and we uh, condemn the arbitrary detention of these two Canadian citizens. We continue uh, to push for more and better consular access and conditions for them, but ultimately uh, we continue to press uh, and act uh, in ways that uh, uh, will uh, eventually get them home uh, safe to their families. So he went from disappointed to condemned after uh, even Christia Christia Freeland uh, had stronger language uh, than disappointed. Uh, Many thought that that was kind of weak, so he he doubles down a bit. And now the Associated Press headline is, Stop, quote, irresponsible remarks on spying case against Canadians. China tells Trudeau. So he speaks up and they slap him down. Let's bring in uh, Elliot Tepper, uh, another fascinating uh, conversation. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. He is with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Oh, thank you, Scott. And, uh, and I hope the same for you and everybody listening that we're, we're staying well and also sane in this extraordinary time. Very well put. So uh, initially on the Friday, Trudeau, uh, Trudeau was criticized because his language too, was too light. He torques it up a notch, and then uh, China scolds him, scolds him publicly. I mean, my goodness, uh, we are being bullied here, are we not? We are being bullied. Uh, our possibility of, of uh, any success in this bullying arrangement is that we won't be bullied alone. That is, what China really wants to do with us and around the world, and we've just seen it in regard to Australia, is to say this is nothing but a bilateral issue, and uh, you know, you know who's bigger. So we don't have gunboat diplomacy. We we don't have the gunboats. We cannot coerce China in any way. We we are by far the um, smaller of the two parties parties in an asymmetrical dyadic relationship, as my colleagues like to put it. So our strength has been all along that we are not alone, and that we are, in fact, leaders in shaping global public opinion about this kind of new China that has come into focus over the last little while, most specifically around this particular case, and more broadly, because it adds to 
uh, the evidence, accumulating evidence, that China that we see today is not going to be a uh, cooperative, uh, responsible global leader uh, in re- to replace America, which has become basically uh, missing in action, but they're willing to lead. And we're not, because of us, a lot of uh, other people and a lot of other states are saying, do we really want to follow that? Uh, now, uh, uh, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo has yes. spoken up, uh, from the United States and, 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 and stood behind Canada on this. How, uh, how much weight in this statement that he said? How much reaction from China? What it does show China is that, once again, Canada is not standing alone. We've not only had Mike Pompeo, this is his, not his first, he does this every now and then, um, but there's also beyond that, the EU has collectively said things. NATO has. Various of our allies around the world have. So we we have done what we can do the best, which is mobilize global opinion, mobilize uh, partners, mobilize uh, like-minded states to say this is not the kind of behavior that's acceptable. In terms of what Mike Pompeo's words mean, I don't think it's likely that China is going to take particular notice of it since they know... Uh, they are locked into a bilateral dispute with the U.S., and that there's not been any strong demonstration, actual demonstration of support for Canada. Keeping in mind, once again, we should remind it, why are we like this? How are we, we got into this because the U- United States accused Huawei, and therefore their COO, their Meng Wanzhou, of violating American sanctions regarding Iran and uh, lying about it. Uh, in, in court documents. So that's where we currently are in terms of our court case. Ming Wanzhou's next step is to say, well, I lost the first round, uh, Scott. Uh, the laws of the U.S. and Canada are the same. So, yes, uh, she lost that. Her next step is to say that Mike Pompeo's government misled the Canadian government by withholding key information uh, that would have exonerated her uh, from this charge, she should not have been charged. That's her good. That'll come up probably in the fall. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Are enough of our allies speaking up? Like m- many thought when this all went down that the U.S. was kind of reluctant to say anything and defend us. We, we you know, we've heard certainly heard that other countries are supporting us. But is it time for allies to form a common front to to somehow? Uh, plan for this aggression somehow uh, uh, counteract this aggression from China? The uh, allies speak up <laughs> uh, in small groups or large groups in the case of the EU and one by one. But uh, how do you form a united front against what <laughs> the Chinese actually have a united front? Yeah. Uh, they, their united front is a pro- propaganda organization inside the government that promotes disinformation and promotes dissension among global allies. They're, they are asserting themselves. Uh, so let's stand back just a bit. What we see are patterns. We see a pattern of China using hostage diplomacy. We are not alone in this. We also see that hostage diplomacy is just one small component of a much broader pattern of Chinese assertiveness. <clears throat> they are no longer going to be quiet. <clears throat> they are, excuse me. They are using nationalism in all kinds of ways. 
uh, ask India and China right now at their border dispute, South China Seas. Uh, too little notice. There's their uh, dispute with Japan on the East China Sea and Taiwan and so forth. So this is a, a pattern of of appealing to the nationalist uh, rising sentiment inside China to legitimize this government. That is the Chinese government's role. The Communist Party's continued dominance over China rests on the support to some degree and they are of the population. They have to continue to deliver the goods. They can't they can't falter in delivering economic prosperity, but they also can't falter in other ways. So we are just one element in a much broader pattern of, of Chinese assertiveness. So at what point does Canada say enough is enough, or the, the, the plain truth is we need them to survive? We have now just become too dependent on China. Yes. Um, we've had a press conference where main focus, this was last week, of the Prime Minister of Canada was on dealing with COVID-19. And as one component of that, people said, what about China? And then we, the comments you've been quoting came out. But we get all of our supplies from China relating to protective equipment and a yes. lot of other things. We do have a truly interdependent world with, where China no longer wants to play the role it used to, and we're helping point that out. Uh, so how will the world react to that, though, Elliot? Because, again, everybody under the same guise was trying to get a piece of China. Everybody thought the whole Hong Kong thing, that they would lean more towards democracy and less right. towards the Communist Party of China, who rules them. And the opposite has happened. But yeah. by now, they've so infiltrated our societies, it's hard to turn away. So what's the solution here? At what point do we say enough's enough here? We can't well, go on this way terms of immediate situations, state after state, including us, including here in Ontario, the Premier has been saying, we now have to go back to producing more of our own things. So that the kind of role that China has been playing globally, that is the form of globalization that we've been dealing with, uh, state after state is saying we can't do that anymore. There is a situation where this rising power exists. We can't pretend, you know, we have to deal with this uh, down the road, it already exists, and what do you do about a rising power that chooses to basically uh, assert itself uh, aggressively in all kinds of ways? There's no clear, simple answer to that. We should go back, I think, to Meng Wanzhou and what's going to happen to her and to Canada and us, because that's our immediate situation. One thing is clear, is that our people are going to stay in jail in China until Meng Wanzhou is released uh, from custody and goes back to China. Uh, that's quite obvious now, no matter the vocabulary and the rhetoric mm. that goes on around it. The second thing that we can point out is that if she is released through a variety of means, there's more than one, you know, she could win a court case. And, uh, one thing I'd like to talk about is maybe the U.S. could withdraw its case. But only at that point can our people be released because they are now basically yeah. convicted Mm -hmm. Article 111 of the Chinese criminal law and the vocabulary around it, that this is a serious offense, means they can be convicted from 10 years to life imprisonment. But there is a possibility they will then be convicted and released. There's a bit of a pattern in China of doing that, saying, okay, we've made our point, but we have to get what we want. So if they get what they want through one way or another, Meng Wanzhou at home, then there's that possibility there will be not what people are calling for, a prisoner swap, but instead China saying, okay, we, we've won, we've got 
what's important to us, and that's uh, her release, then maybe our people will get out of jail. And come um, we've certainly, we're hearing surveys uh, that are being released today about yes. how Chinese Canadians are feeling the heat of this, yes. uh, racism, comments, so on and so forth. Uh, how do Chinese Canadians cope with this? I understand if some do speak out against the Chinese Communist Party, that there will be repercussions back home. Where does this leave Canadian Chinese who are, uh, you know, who are obviously supporting Canada, but are, are caught in the center of this? Well, you put it precisely. They're caught in the center. There is uh, a real concern that I've had. I've done a fair bit of work on race relations. So there's a real concern that uh, we are going to see people being victimized that for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do, do with them. There is a rise of xenophobia along with the rise of nationalism, along with the diminution of globalism uh, around the world. And people pay a cost. I'm, that's been one of my concerns right from the outset of the COVID crisis, that somehow Chinese Canadians would would uh, be victimized. And indeed, they're, they're, that's showing up. We have to rely on Canada's... Um, essential culture, but also the mechanisms we have put in place, our multiculturalism policy, which is enshrined in the Constitution and a variety of measures that go with it, to see to it that we stay the kind of country we want to be. Otherwise, COVID-19 and xenophobia uh, win against a long, 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 hard push. And remember, we're talking about Black Lives Matter simultaneously and coming to terms with our situation with our indigenous populations. All of this is happening right now. Uh, we need to ensure that we do not add to the negative, but instead push on the positive prevention, preventative measures we've had to keep the kind of society we say we want. Uh, there is no, uh, considering where the prime minister is today, what's, what's his short-term goal here? What can he do? On which front? <laughs> on the, in regard on to China and the two Michaels. Yes. On the main, I think we have to continue to do what we have been doing, which is bringing China into focus. They've what been, about how? He, what about the prime minister's tone, though? I mean, you know, yes. he, he's just been spanked by the, by China because yes. on he uh, he added to it over the weekend exactly what the Canadian what Canadians wanted him to do. They wanted him to stand tall. Felt that yes. he wasn't doing that. So how does he gauge this now? Keeping people domestically uh, at home, thinking that he's involved in this and not ticking off uh, China. The government of the day. It happens to be Trudeau and the Liberal government uh, has an absolute responsibility for the safety and security of our people who have been imprisoned. The possibility that raising the tone and um, shouting is going to make a difference in terms of getting the release of our people uh, just isn't there. He has to be, any leader has to be very careful right now that the bad situation is not made even worse. The one possibility here would be, and this is being raised now, well, why don't we treat her the way they're treating our people? And that's, mm. again, because we have a judiciary system that doesn't... Who is also, by the way, she's you know. there now, from what I understand, receiving a uh, another degree while the two Michaels are in torturous conditions in China. Yes. It just seems bizarre. Yes. Uh, but look out our own window. We all live well compared to 
the situation of the two Michaels. Yeah. I, we don't have a good answer to the questions you're, you're raising. Uh, one of the possibilities, and uh, this has been on the books right from the very, very beginning, uh, when the request from the United States to honor an extradition treaty leads to an arrest, talking about what we can do, which is very constrained. Our, our degrees of maneuver are constrained. We can raise our voice. We can, yeah. I suggest, continue to mobilize global opinion to pay uh, China a reputational cost. But if there's a deal to be made, it isn't bilateral between us and China. It's between the U.S. and China. And Donald Trump, mm. the great deal maker, has said early, early on, oh, well, we'll just trade this away as part of a trade negotiation. And now we have John Bolton saying that the president of the United States sees everything through uh, the lens of his reelection, and he's already asked Xi Jinping to help him. Uh, one possibility is the only deal that's really on the table that could be effective in terms of releasing our people is a deal, for whatever reason, between mm. China and the U.S. to withdraw the extradition request, freeing Meng Wanzhou uh, and sending her home, and our people then can, can be released. This is out of our hands. What we can do is what we've been doing and then push it even harder. We can raise the rhetorical tone. We can mobilize global public opinion in changing its tone, saying to China increasingly, mm -hmm. making it clear to China, you cannot get away with that and still claim you want to be a global leader. Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. Always, Elliot, a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. Be well. Uh, and to you, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.